Hi, Jackie. Hey, Ramona. Well, tonight was another interesting podcast, um, and I feel like um, this is something we're going to be doing a lot of. I think so, too, because um, this podcast is literally about the fountain of youth. And I just want to let our listeners know that when I told you that I have an exciting guest lined up for us, you said Arlene Dickinson. <laughs> now I want I you to... do want Arlene Dickinson <laughs> to come on. So if she's ever listening to this podcast, it's been recorded and noted that it is I <laughs> who really wants to have her on and share her wisdom with us. But okay. um, no, this guest was just as exciting as Arlene Dickinson because she was pretty life-changing. Yes. She literally, like if I had to give this podcast a title, I would say it was Talk Tick, like the old Oil of Olayad. She's literally helping us to reverse some of the signs of aging that we don't need to carry around with us. And she's also helped us to appreciate some of those lines that really are signifying our accomplishments and the happiness. I forget what she calls it, but it really made me kind of think, oh, I don't need to erase all my lines. I don't need to be, you know, a blank slate, but I could look better. Well, we can all look better. But um, so who are we talking about here? We're talking about Andrea Sherwood Fairborn. And Andrea has been in the wellness industry for over 20 years. She's a registered holistic nutritionist, a certified holistic facialist, a Reiki practitioner, and a face yoga and Pilates instructor. And, you know, I think a lot of people, listeners who've noticed a change in their skin um, are looking for a quick fix sometimes. And this episode, I hope, will give you hope and know that maybe you don't have to inject something in your face and maybe that there's an alternative to looking and feeling your best. So have a listen to Andrea. Okay. Hi, Andrea. Nice to see you. Nice to see you guys as well. Hi, Andrea. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you guys for having me. So happy to be with you this evening. Great. So this is an interesting topic for us. So we talk a lot about the various changes our bodies go through when we enter menopause. And one thing that a lot of women struggle with is the changes to our skin. And as hormones level levels plummet, your skin can become dry and slack and thin. But with the right care, you can lessen these effects, which is why we wanted you here today to talk to us. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a lot of women feel as they start to go through those hormonal changes that they feel almost like lost in the, the journey of it. And there are so many ways with holistic facial care, holistic nutrition, holistic lifestyle that you can shift the needle quite a bit. I know we're so excited to find out how. So before we like dive into that, can you just for our listeners and for us, because this is like a really new area for us, like what is a holistic facialist? So a holistic facialist uh, looks at the, the person as an entirety, like their entire being. So um, we're not estheticians, so we're not going to, again, do uh, 
extract, uh, extractions on the skin. We look at the health of the face, the structure of the face, as well as, you know, what is mapping up on the face and certain lines, um, certain things that are actually happening to the skin, wrinkles and folds are usually an indication that there are other things that are out of balance. And so, we work to address that with gua sha, with facial reflexology, with facial exercises, facial yoga, and facial massage. Wow. So that's a lot of big words. Um, <laughs> so my limited experience, Andrea, is with a jade roller. And mm-hmm. I've you know, been on YouTube to see how it works. And then interestingly, after we first connected, I looked up gua sha and I saw another piece of equipment, because I don't know what we call it, a face tool. And um, and there was a bit of an, that, this, Andrea's holding the face yes, tool. Yes, we've I'm been gonna hearing let you a lot that. about this on the news. So yeah, why don't we go through each, and since you're holding that, so what, how do you pronounce it again? So it's gua sha. Gua sha. Gua sha, and it's, it's uh, translates into sand scraping. So in essence, uh, you're sand scraping the skin so to speak it's it's quite beautiful and quite fascinating it's ancient beauty it's been around 4000 years old and uh is traditional chinese medicine and it can be used on the facial features uh as well as on the body itself so um and it works to detoxify the face, detoxify the lymphatic system. So it often happens as we get older, um, the muscles along the neck channel and into the face, they get really, really tight. They get uh, compressed, the fascia gets tight, and the lymphatic system that lies so superficial, which pretty much sits from your chest, your sternum, all the way up, it gets sluggish and blocked. So this tool, in essence, helps to remove sluggish lymph from the face. So in essence, depuffing your face and moving the toxins down towards the spleen where it can be processed. So uh, it works to also sculpt the muscles of the face. So in a way, it kind of allows for a little bit of facial fitness. The muscles of the face directly attached to the skin. So when we are moving these tools along the skin, we're training the skin for that natural cosmetic lift. It's it's really, really beautiful and wow. completely holistic. So what is that tool called? It's called the gua sha. Oh, that's and what it's called. Okay. Yeah, there's many different shapes. So clients will often, you know, ask me, well, what shape should I get? In essence, you know, the gua sha chooses you. So whatever speaks to you, that's your stone. They come in very uh, different, different uh, crystals. So some are jade, some are rose quartz, some are clear. This one is gray agate. So every stone has its own uh, energy and will do different things for the facial features and for the skin health. Um, yeah, it's, it's ancient, ancient beauty. It's been around a really, really long time. And it's actually gaining a lot of popularity now. Like you'll see mm-hmm. wash up being offered in a everywhere. lot of yeah, yeah, so you'll start, I mean, I was in Shoppers Drug Mart the other day just picking up toothpaste and there was like a little mini gua sha aisle and I was like, yay! Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so these, these tools, they look, at first, you're not sure. You're like, how am I going to be able to use this? But um, it's very, very, very intuitive. 
once you kind of get the hang of it, maybe have a couple of um, mini uh, classes or uh, mini instruction uh, classes with an instructor or with um, a holistic facialist, you get the hang of it and it can be put into self-care quite easily. Yeah. So let's talk about when like somebody comes to see you, I think it would be helpful for people to know, like, um, like assuming if we're, if we're talking about the perimenopause menopausal market that, you know, women are dealing with, you know, a decrease in collagen, their hormone levels, um, have decreased, we're feeling like our skin is sagging, it's more dry, it's wrinkly. So someone comes in to see you, um, can you talk to us about what a typical um, appointment would look like when you're assessing somebody? Yeah, so if they're coming in for a holistic facial, the first thing I would do is I would try to look at the entire picture. So what, like you said, uh, where their hormones are sitting, but also like how they're generally feeling. So what systems might be working really, really well and what systems might be out of balance. And as a holistic nutritionist, I can do that um, quite easily because I I also have that background. And then I usually take a look at what's mapping up onto the face. So you can look at someone's face and kind of get a good indication as to what areas might need to be addressed. And then I always ask them, like, what exactly is it that you are feeling unhappy about with your facial features, your skin, your overall appearance? And then I would put them, my tools, to good use. And it's usually 60-minute treatment where I use a variety of different tools, whether it, again, is the gua sha or the reflexology uh, detector or the Chan Butte tools, and then some, again, facial sculpting with my hands, and away they go. And most clients will leave feeling very refreshed. I'll be honest, most of my clients end up falling asleep <laughs> during treatment. <laughs> yes, so, I can which, see that. Which I love. Like, I'm so thrilled. I'm like, you know, they're in a state of rest and repair. That parasympathetic system is taking over. And then as they leave, I just often give them some ideas as to, like, how they can use certain foods, certain tinctures to make sure that these treatments last and stick and give them some ideas what they can do at home for self-care. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a peaceful, beautiful way to make a living and 90% of my clients usually text me the next day saying my skin is still glowing thank you so much and it's just it's wonderful so wonderful so how how effective like how long okay let me start over how often would you go home and do this treatment is this like a first thing in the morning and at bedtime and how long do you do it yeah so I mean it all depends on a uh what it is exactly that you're looking for and be how much time you can spend doing like self-care. So I get a lot of people saying, you know, I don't have a lot of time to dedicate to this. And the thing is, is that the more time you put into these practices, the greater the result. So I often, um, when someone is unhappy with their facial features, I would probably start them on a course of facial exercise, face yoga, to start to exercise the muscles of the face. So, and then um, get them into the idea of like doing some self-care washa 
or reflexology or facial cupping, whatever they have time for. So usually I would suggest facial exercise and reflexology in the AM and then this modality, gua sha or facial cupping, um, as you're oil cleansing your face before, right before you go to bed. It's a great way to retire from a really busy day for sure. So cupping on your face, though, yeah. would that leave you with the big purple marks? Or is there a different way to do the face where you're not left like someone beat the crap out of you? Yeah, no, facial cupping on the face, it's, it's very subtle. Um, you have to learn the, the, the right, the flash cupping and then the dynamic cupping. You have to learn the techniques, but it is very, very, um, it's very gentle and very subtle. Uh, these modalities um, are designed to not injure. So we're never trying yeah. to, again, puncture or injure. We're trying to um, gently glide and assist that cosmetic natural lift. And what's amazing about these things is that they work beyond beauty. So there are meridians and channels. And so we're trying to, again, restore what we call chi. So that life force, that life flow. And uh, often what happens is that gets blocked. Um, just from like wear and tear, stress, and uh, consistent patterning, so consistent mimics on the face. And so facial yoga, facial exercise will go to address the imbalances of the musculature that again will help to reset posturing of the face and then help the skin to feel a lot more plump and lifted. The muscles will lift the skin. And then this works to again, um, work to rebalance what is blocked in those energy channels as well as sculpt tone and lift the skin. Yeah. Okay. So is it really, which, is it a combination of the facial yoga and the gua sha that helps reduce wrinkles and sagging? Is it, it's a combination of both? Like it's sort of like an integrated routine that you would consider doing every day? Yeah. So how I would approach this, and, and this is kind of how I got into it, was I woke up one day and saw some injury. I had a palsy attack my face, and literally the right side of my face stopped wow. working. Yeah, I couldn't activate the side of my face. And my entire face had literally shifted over to the opposing side. It was really, really bizarre. So I would often start people um, on the idea that, yeah, you want to exercise are your face. So when you think about the face, there's 43 muscles that sit on um, behind your facial features. And when you add in the neck, that's 57 in total. And what often happens is because we only have one joint structure, this joint right here, the TMJ, is that this muscle here, the uh, muscles of mastication get super, super tight. This fascia connects up into the uh, side of the head, the temporalis, and then the forehead also gets really, really tight. So what will happen is all the lymph nodes sit along this line and come down. So the face will get boxy and square, and then a lot of puff will start to resonate in through here. And then the skin has nowhere to go but down. So I would always suggest first mm -hmm facial exercise. And then I would then suggest once the facial features, the facial muscles feel like they're in a sustained place, then yes, definitely you would then want to add in other modalities. Um, but if you're doing like a holistic facial, typically you're coming into the clinic and there's no real facial exercise done by the client. It's me taking the tools to their face to sculpt and restore 
facial features. This is like, as you're talking about this, it's like an aha moment of like, (laughs) you know, through the years, we exercise our bodies, right? We exercise our bodies so they remain healthy and strong, that we have muscle mass and tone. And when you're talking about all these muscles on our face that aren't getting the same workout, like obviously we have expression and things like that that move the muscles on our face, but we're not doing anything to help promote healthy, strong muscles in our face day to day. For sure. I think a lot of people don't realize also is that the bones of the face as well. So when we think about walking, load will resonate from the feet all the way into the body, but the head is a free-floating structure on top of the neck. So a lot of load doesn't often pull all the way up into the bones of the face. So what face yoga in essence does with the hands against the face is you're loading into the bones. You're putting bone density health back into the face. And the bones also have sutures. So we want to make sure that those sutures are, again, slightly gliding to allow for the brain to just naturally breathe. So I think when we start to understand, oh, right, I want to keep my bone density strong, that is the foundation for the muscles to sit upon because the muscles of the face go from the bone all the way into the skin. Then we activate the muscles, put the strong, tight muscles back into a state of ideal length, and then strengthen the sleepy little muscles that often don't get used, the face will then resort its way back to a more youthful and oval shape. And then to support the health of the skin, getting the lymphatic system moving, bringing lots of blood flow and nutrients back to the skin, that's when we can consider you know, gua sha, as well as facial cupping and reflexology. Yeah. I want to, um, I have a lot of questions and I'm sure Ramona does too, but before we go into like specific questions about different areas of the face, um, you did mention reflexology. Um, can you explain a little bit about that because, and how that ties in? Yeah, for sure. So uh, how I got into facial reflexology was because I felt like I needed to understand the why. Mm-hmm. So as a face yoga instructor and gua sha, um, therapist, I was like, well, why are these lines mapping up? Like, what is the reasoning behind them? And there's always a reason. So, you know, for instance, the smile lines, nasal labial folds, these are your life purpose lines. And this is the digestion pathway on the face. So if the digestive tract is not working optimally, these lines can often get inflamed, red, really, really deep. And so what we want to do with reflexology is work the tools to support the digestive tract. And then with face yoga, we want to strengthen the cheek line to keep that fold from folding down. So everything in holistic facial work works uh, synergistically. It's quite incredible. Uh, 11 lines. I get a lot of people like coming in and saying, I want those 11s gone. 90% of 11 lines stem from the shoulder and the neck and the T-spine. So this entire junction, cervical, um, thoracic, and shoulder junction. When these guys are really, really tight, 
that energetically is going to make those little lines appear. And there's also uh, your endocrine system that maps back and through here. So what we do with the detector is we're able to pinpoint reflexes, like reflex points or reflex zones, to communicate with the nervous system to those specific areas of the body to then diminish those lines that helps to just soften those lines naturally while putting the body back into a state of homeostasis. So imagine all that you are, your, your bone structure, your joints, your ligaments, your organs, everything that you are maps up on the face. Okay. And just so for people who aren't seeing as we're talking to you, mm-hmm. when you're talking about the 11 lines, you're talking about yes. between your eyebrows or your forehead. Is that exactly your angry so lines? Is, your angry lines. Yes. This is called seat of the stamp. These, this little area right through here. So between so, your eyebrows. Yeah, yeah, seat of the stamp right there, exactly. And um, they're also known as the glabella lines. Um, and also what they could indicate, too, is that the liver chi is not working well. And so when we take the detector to certain areas of the face, because these lines are there, um, I can see immediately as a facialist those areas of the face bright red, like Rudolph, Rudolph nose, and I know that I'm in the right place. And just by stimulating these reflexology points, putting that chi, that flow back, back into the area that's out of balance in the body, these lines just naturally slowly begin to become less prominent, less aggressive, and the face just naturally softens. So sorry, I might have misunderstood, but how does the reflexology work? So it works through the nervous system, communicating to the organs and the body's systems of uh, that, are, that are out of balance, that are mapping up onto the face. Okay. And there's a detector. So the detector is a stainless steel uh, instrument that we would then put on a certain, what is called a BQC coordinate, or going into like a reflex zone. And by balancing that out, so nervous system then will take that information from the detector and start to balance everything out. And therefore then the lines will start to soften a little bit. So between all of the treatments like facial yoga, gasha, reflexology, can we eliminate the crepey skin that tends to follow with perimenopausal and menopausal skin, as well as um, another thing that a lot of women complain about is our eyebrows tend to start falling down on the outside, causing our eyelids to really hood. Um, Like, is that something that can be helped with these treatments? Yeah, definitely it can be helped. I mean, the thing is, is whenever we plant either our hands back into the face, we use a tool on the face, or we address the systems of the body that are out of balance reflexology, definitely this can be helped. I think people forget that the more we touch our face, the more microcirculation we bring back to the skin. And the nutrients, the blood flow, uh, that is what's going to naturally enhance our collagen production 
for sure. And then when you think about adding in certain foods and certain tinctures that can, again, help to build collagen as well in the body naturally, vitamin C rich foods, antioxidants, bone broth, things like that in conjunction with training the skin, the more we activate the muscles, the more the muscles hypertrophy, so activate and plump, the more oxygen, the more circulation, the more collagen. So it's not a quick fix. It's not an overnight, yay, I'm perfect, but it definitely does help to shift the needle. And I think what's really remarkable about this is that the power in essence lies within your own two hands, like whether mm-hmm. you're doing face yoga or whether you're doing uh, self-care gua sha. And, you know, a lot of clients will come in even just to learn a few techniques that they can take home and do mm-hmm. as self-care practice. So you don't necessarily have to go in to see um, a facialist. You can, again, book an appointment just for like, hey, I just want a few tips. And so then you can mm-hmm. put this into daily practice. Yeah, at your, at your own leisure, right? Yeah. I love this. Um, another big area that women in my age group complain about, and I hate the name, but these festoons under the eyes or Mylar bags, and they are not the bags. Uh, no one can see where I'm pointing. They're not the puffy bags you get right under the lower eyelid. They are the bags you get on your cheekbone. Um, I've been given a few different explanations. One is that, you know, by losing collagen, it's, it's, accentuating the fat pad under there, which causes that puffy appearance. However, I have been able to eliminate it entirely through facial acupuncture, but it does come back. And what I am super curious about, not just with this, but all these points in our face, is the fact that you had said that our face is sort of a map for what's going on inside our bodies. I think that's really fascinating because we sort of take these things, I'm going to do it, for face value. You like that, Ramona? Uh, (laughs) But we, we just sort of assume, like we do with everything with menopause, this is part of the process. And so what I see, and I'm sure we all do, is that women try these different treatments. Uh, Botox is a big one and fillers. Um, I've tried Botox to help with the Mylar bags and the eyelids, and it hasn't helped me at all. So short of surgery, which I really don't want to do, you know, a lot of us are looking for like a natural remedy that we can do ourselves, we can control, we can have a daily routine and kind of like help our face back to a more youthful, less saggy appearance. Yeah, that's, you know, I think it's, I think when I see clients coming in, they just feel lost in the journey. And I mean, I, I've been there. I um, woke up and didn't even recognize myself. I didn't see my, my heritage. I didn't see my, my father, my mother in my face at all. And it was very, very frightening. And I think, um, you know, when we begin to understand that it's just little baby steps at first, like even five minutes, and then we add in a little bit more, 10 minutes. And the more we explore these holistic modalities, just the body is so quick to adapt. And I think the face, unlike the body, I I see it turn over 
so, so quickly. Um, being someone who's been in the wellness space for 23 years, I, I've taught Pilates for a very, very long time, you know, it takes 10,000 reps to and mm -hmm. one exercise to get that strength gain in the body, the face is a lot quicker. Um, That's what I was going to ask. Like how, like, like, and obviously every, every person is different, mm -hmm. but if someone were to really put the work in, like mm -hmm. how quickly would they see a change in their skin? Uh, very, very quickly. I started doing uh, face yoga first before adding all of these other modalities in. And within eight weeks, I, I took a before and a before picture of, of my, my, my sad little face. And then I did an eight week and I was blown away. Like my mother even said, Oh my gosh, you look like a brand new person. Ooh. And it was just, again, just taking time, dedicating time to, you know, trying to shift the needle and bringing um, wellness back to my facial features. Yeah, it does. You know, it's just trying to also have um, that self uh, love talk. So, you mm -hmm. know, when we approach this work, trying just to be really kind to ourselves and not feel like it's got to be perfect because it may not eliminate or eradicate everything, but it does, it does really work. And when my clients see my before uh, picture and then one year after they're shocked by the transformation, they'll say, wow, you know, I cannot believe that. And I said, yeah, but again, it's, you know, getting up and, and, and trying to put it into daily practice. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. I think acupuncture is incredible for the face mm -hmm. and reflexology very, very similar in terms of the idea of trying to access, you know, a certain point uh, where acupuncture will again go beneath and it actually goes in. All of these treatments stay above the skin. So again, they can be done quite easily in self-care mm -hmm. practice. Yeah. So um, if someone wanted to do maybe one of these treatments, but not all of them, maybe from a timing perspective or just you know, commitment, would you say that that's possible to achieve results or must they all? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. For it sounds to me like the best place to start is facial yoga, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think a lot of people, um, just forget like just daily talking right so mm -hmm. we're consistently you know working this you know this whole side here so um for our listeners it's the jaw right it's mm -hmm. the muscles that work around the jaw consistently 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 working talking all the time and then what typically happens is every this whole chain the outer line of the face gets really really tight the forehead muscle, again, attaches to all the fascia that is your scalp. So this gets all really, really tight. And then these little muscles that are in the, the eyes, the nose, and the mouth, they don't really have anywhere to go, but then again, get pulled down. Mm -hmm. So when we lift, we create these little postures and try to rebalance and hold the face and then add load in with the hands, you're going to start to see major shifts and then for skin health and whole body health so like let's say you have a line that you really 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 cannot deal with that's when I would suggest yes like then looking into the reflexology to address that line um, and understand what that line is telling you so 
you know, like little lines that form along the top of the lip and that they, they often indicate that not only are maybe your hormones are out of balance, your spleen might be a little bit um, uh, the chi of the spleen may not be ideal, but that usually indicates that you're just giving too much to others and not taking time for yourself. So every line has a story. So some story, uh, some stories are beautiful. Like for instance, in the labia line, so many women come in like, I want this gone. I'm like, oh no, but it's a good line because it indicates that you're living your life's purpose. Like you're doing what you're designed to do. It's a beautiful line. You want to show that line off proudly and say, this one's a good one, right? So, yeah, I, I love this. See, one. Jack, you just got to celebrate your lines. <laughs> I think that's a problem that we have, right? Like, you know, with the crow's feet, everyone's like, but those are laugh lines. I'm like, I don't want laugh lines. They're not making me laugh. But they, I do yes. agree. <laughs> These lines are beautiful, actually. This means that you have joy. So, the crow's feet? Well, you're pointing yeah, at the outer lines, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're very, very beautiful. So in Chinese medicine, they're celebrated. They're like, good for you. It means that you have joy and that you have a light heart. And, you know, you're living in a state of, you know, happiness and love. And so um, I think when women begin to understand, like, what their, their lines are telling them, then they're a lot kinder to themselves. But I would suggest, yeah, for, for most people who are like, where do I start? I would definitely start with facial exercise, getting the pathway of drainage open. So getting the lymph moving and then mm. again, working in with the tools. So how much time do you have to dedicate to it? It's, it's again, all up to you. What, what can you put into your own self-care practice? But a program can definitely be, be designed um, to work within your time frame. Yeah. What would you say to clients who are looking for that quick fix, like Botox or fillers or stuff like that? You know, I would say to them, I fully understand. I've considered it myself. Um, when I was having this facial injury, it was suggested, you know, you can definitely uh, release some of the uh, grip on the one side that is too, too tight with some Botox to release that and bring the face a little bit back into symmetry. Um, I, I have clients that have had Botox and are doing Botox. You have to be very, very careful with that treatment in terms of like um, these tools, because again, that can denature the treatment. But when I learned in my studies what Botox actually does, long-term exposure, I like to tell women about that because I think the more we know, the more education we have, mm -hmm. um, our choices, right? We can make stronger choices for ourselves. So face yoga, uh, washa, we have to understand that, again, the 43 muscles of the face directly attach from bone to the skin. So they and they all work synergistically. So this is where a lot of people um, forget, like the muscles of the face so strongly layered upon one another. So when you take the neurotoxin and you um, inject that into one specific area of the face, you're in essence shutting that nervous system pathway down. So the muscle then can't activate. The muscle helps to innervate the health of the skin because the more we actually work our muscles of the face, the more circulation to the skin, the more health to the skin, nutrients, and you're going to um, keep your skin glowing and that beautiful uh, pallor. So that 
completely just goes to sleep. That muscle just shuts off. And so therefore the skin doesn't have any health nutrients coming to it. But then what also happens is that the other muscles that are working to support that area then have to work harder. Right. Mm. So then you're like, okay, I'm going to shut down, let's say the forehead. Oh, now I'm going to have to shut down this. Now I'm going to shut down this. So what tends to happen is that because the muscles of the face are then being pulled out of balance, Mm. asymmetry can start to happen. Now, when we also work the muscles of the face, we're moving the lymphatic system around. So Mm -hmm. the lymph system is your fountain of youth and it doesn't have its own pump. It needs exercise or touch, a palpation, whether it's the gua sha, your hands or the reflexology tool to optimally move away from the facial features. So when we're not actually moving our muscles of the face properly, then we're going to get a lot of stagnation and puff on the face. But what also tragically happens is because the muscle isn't moving, the skin health isn't there, the skin thins. So as we, right, so with long-term exposure from these, uh, these treatments, it can actually affect the, the strength of the skin and certain areas of the skin are already uh, of the face are already fragile. So around Mm -hmm. the eyes, a little bit on the forehead, a little bit on the chest. So, you know, you have to kind of weigh the, the pros and cons of that. But from a Chinese medicine perspective is that every point on the face has an energy center. So, mm-hmm. for instance, if you are putting um, treatment at the 11 line, so again, see the stamp between the two eyebrows, you can be affecting the health of your thyroid, the health of your penile gland. So, Oh, Wow. So it has a larger effect on like you systematically by by touching just one area on your face. I'm curious too with, you know, with the way that our muscles work in our face, like if say it's your first time doing Botox, like is it almost like moving forward, you're then like, you have to rely on the Botox to do the work because the work that's done naturally is almost like, I don't know, like stifled for lack of a better term. Do you know what I mean? Like if you, if you've kind of like damaged what naturally happens, is there a way for someone who's done Botox regularly to stop doing Botox and be able to hit the reset button? Most definitely. And I think in that instance, what you would want to do is, again, start slowly working, uh, again, with activation, working with face yoga, and understanding your mimics. So I think a lot of us don't really realize, like, what our face looks like when we're talking, when we're smiling. Mm-hmm. Um like maybe instance, now because of working from home, I know I'm yeah. constantly staring at my own face. So maybe yeah. now's the best time to learn exactly. this stuff. Yeah. Exactly. And this is why I'm like, thank goodness for so much Zoom communication, working on Zoom, because you can begin to see like, am I talking with no activation on my face? Or am I actually talking with my top teeth showing the bottom teeth being hidden and actually working these muscles? And then am I, you know, using my eyes or am I moving my forehead? So um, 
learning face yoga is amazing because it actually gives you that education on how to create proper mimics and proper techniques so that you're not creating haphazard lines. So when women say, I don't like my joy lines, my uh, little crow's feet here, I always say smile for me. And they smile with a big E smile and these cheeks get pulled here. And then these guys have nowhere to go, but crinkle because the skin, the muscle attaches. So then I remind them, try to think of smiling like this. And the eyes won't wrinkle. So working these cheek muscles, right? So yeah, you have to learn how to actually use your face. And that's where face yoga and um, facial exercise can be so incredibly powerful. So So you were just showing us how to smile using more like your cheekbones. Is that right? Yeah. So using your... Exactly. So as opposed to like what we call the e-smile, where the mouth is pulled out like this. So pulled sideways. Yeah. So you're actually showing the back molars and that is going to put too much constriction on this area of the face and then the skin has nowhere to go but on the cheek and moving up to the eyes. Okay. So yeah. So we often try to keep an oval shape hands can come across the outer line of the face and then think of gently lifting the corners of the mouth, only exposing the first top set of teeth, the first seven, and then thinking of lifting the cheeks that form first right around the nose. These guys are very, very slight, very, very small, but very strong when activated and then threading that into the apples of the cheeks and then the eyes will not, um, the skin around the eyes will not get pulled. Also the power of the tongue. I think a lot of people don't realize like, are you chewing with your tongue pressing up against the roof of the mouth when you're at rest? Is the tongue just hanging at the bottom of the mouth or is it pressing up to the palate? I think, um, like, I know that when I do, like, a a nighttime meditation, my tongue is always at the top of my mouth. Um, And I've heard that, you know, women carry, we carry stress in our jawline quite a bit. So Mm -hmm. I'm quite sure that facial yoga would help to relieve some of that pressure. And that can lead to, like, our grinding of our teeth at night. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what else, but I'm going to bet snoring's in there somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, I actually was going to ask that just because that is a topic that comes up in the podcast is like, you know, a lot of women in menopause are susceptible to snoring and sleep apnea and grinding of teeth and all of that. And I'm curious if in your experience, you've encountered that where women have started doing the facial yoga and the other things to help promote flow muscle and, you know, more muscle elasticity, if that helps at all. Yeah. I think also, you know, it's sleep position too. Um, a lot of it, um, you know, can help to release some of, uh, you know, snoring, sleep apnea. I think sleep apnea is is a medical condition and definitely would need to be, you know, looked at by a a professional, like someone who is um, able to assist uh, a client. But 
yeah, as we uh, get older, like our hormones shift uh, so drastically um, that it does affect the, the sleep cycle 100%. But all of these modalities are designed to, in essence, return you back into a state of uh, that parasympathetic system, right? Pulling mm-hmm. you out of that fight and flight all the time yeah. and just moving you back into that state of rest and digest. And so I think the minute we actually allow ourselves just to have that breather, like just be like, oh, okay, um, I think a lot of people will start to feel like they sleep um, a lot more soundly. I know for myself that uh, personally, I really do love uh, gua sha or facial cupping before bed because it does realistically just kind of zone me out. Like it just puts me into a beautiful state of, of rest. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. I think with sleep though, I, I, I think a lot of it is body positioning, um, grinding of the teeth, uh, TMJ, dysfunction, mm-hmm. um, yeah, a lot of that has to do with um, the joint structure. So perhaps the joint has been, uh, it's a very, very fragile joint. I mean, it's mm-hmm. very, these muscles are very, very strong, one of the strongest muscles in the body, but this joint um, is very, very fragile and it doesn't like retraction. So, I mean, maybe uh, there's there's been um, also some orthodontic work in the past yeah. that also yeah. have caused some dysfunction mm-hmm. there. So, I always uh, in, like to encourage people who are interested in why they might be grinding. I always say Google Dr. Mike Mew. Um, he's an, um, an amazing um uh, orthodontist uh, based, I think, out of the UK. You can YouTube him, and he explains uh, why a lot of the dysfunction. There's a why there's a lot of dysfunction around the TMJ, and goes into the whole idea of his technique called mewing. And mewing, where the tongue again sits strongly at the roof of the mouth, can in essence change the bone structures of the middle third of the face. And the moment I put that into my daily practice, my palsy went from bad to amazing. So M-E-W? Yeah, mewing. M, uh, Dr. Mike Mew, M-E-W-I-N-G. Mewing wow. is his technique, yeah. That's and his, amazing. his father was, yeah, amazing. His father was also, I believe, an orthodontist and began to see like how shifting of the teeth can cause um, such dysfunction around the mouth. And mm. so mouth, jaw, and uh, this specific joint. So I would suggest uh, if anyone's not sleeping well, they're snoring, um, they're having TMJ dysfunction, yeah, consider looking that up. And also, you know, palpation. So starting to take your fingers and daily massage around that area. So in a perfect world, we want to be able to open our mouth like a a wow, like a, a big O, and be able to have four fingers easily. <laughs> right? Go in four fingers in your mouth. We'll have to do that video online, and <laughs> Jackie can do online. it because she's used to just you know <laughs> the chatterbox. <laughs> I can fit eight. <laughs> but yeah, most most of my clients they they come mm-hmm. in and they have like only room for two fingers, and that again indicates that the jaw this joint is is not functioning well. So um, face yoga can definitely address that. 
that for sure. Yeah, I think Jackie's husband could totally attest to the fact that her jaw works well. I can so. now unhinge. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Andrea. This was great. Like I've learned so much in this podcast and um, I hope you'll come back and um, teach some of our listeners um, the basics on uh, facial yoga. Oh, I would love to. I would love to. And, and, you know, I think the thing, the big takeaway here is, um, you know, if you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you feel that you don't recognize yourself, like and it, it happens to many, you start to feel invisible. And just know that there are so many amazing, simple techniques that you can do in the privacy of your own home, in your bathroom, while you're watching TV, movie. Um, you know, talking on the phone, it, there's simple ways to, to shift the needle and you're not alone, you know, like you, there are power in numbers. And I think that's why I just love sharing this information so much because I, I personally felt very alone and embarrassed. Like mm-hmm. I, I would talk behind my hand and, yeah. I would, you know, I would always, you know, I would never stand straight on with someone. I always cock my head off to the, the yeah. good side. So, you know, women wrapping their necks up in scars because they don't feel confident. Mm-hmm. There, there are ways that you, you can address that and you have support and um, it's just simple steps and knowledge is power. It really is. It really is. There's it hope. It really is. There's hope. Thank, Thank you. you. My pleasure, ladies. Thank you for having me on. I, I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Thank you. 